And this weekend of, at our church, we are calling it Justice Weekend. On Friday, we had a praise night with Build Hope International, which is a nonprofit that Pastor James Lee of Living Water Church in Berkeley started. Uh, and pretty much what he's trying to do is he's trying to build orphanages all over Asia, wherever there are children that are being exploited or oppressed. And uh, they're targeting China and Cambodia as of now. And they're hoping to build more orphanages all over the uh, Asian continent, wherever there are children that are oppressed. Uh, if you ever watched, um, what was that movie, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, you know, in the movie that, you know, they took the Indian children. This is uh, rampant in India as well. They take the Indian children, and if they're not making enough mon- money from begging, they uh, plop out one of their eyes, or they plop out both their eyes, and they blind them so that there will be more uh, compassion from the people to give toward uh, these children. Of course, the children don't get to keep the money. Uh, they end up uh, having to give it all back to their pimps and to their gangsters. Uh, and so, you know, Pastor James has a vision to build orphanages and rescue children from out of these types of situations. And so uh, we were doing a praise night with them on Friday and Saturday. And then tonight we are showing the film Nefarious. Benji Nolo of IHOP is here uh, he's speaking at Onuri English Ministry right now, and he'll be coming by at 7 p.m., and he'll be presenting the film before we actually show it. Tickets are, I think there's about 10 or 15, 15, 20 still, 15, 20 tickets still remaining, 15 remaining. And so uh, uh, if you would like to see the film and join us tonight, it's going to be quite packed in here. Uh, we'll be showing the film later tonight called Nefarious. It's about human trafficking. And so without our own intention... But by kind of God's heaven's calendar, uh, we have designated this weekend just this weekend. And so today I'm going to preach a message called Confronting Injustice. Because how many of you guys know there's a lot of injustice out in the world today, amen? And there is lots of injustice out there. And many of the times, the way that evangelical Christianity has responded to injustice is, we go... Well, there's so much injustice, we better hurry up and evangelize and do more missions work. So that hopefully some of this injustice will go away. And as we do more evangelism and missions work, uh, whether it goes away or not, it doesn't matter because Jesus is coming back and the tribulation and all this stuff is going to happen. So uh, there's no real use in trying to redeem the earth. Just let it go to hell and God's people will go to heaven. Okay, and uh, the emphasis has largely been on missions and evangelism. And that's a good emphasis. But it has been at the expense of the justice arm of the church being shriveled up. And an, and an apostolic church, a, a church that has an apostolic dimension, does not try to choose either or. But goes forth advancing the kingdom by doing both. What did Jesus do when he was on the earth? When he would heal the sick, when he would... The Bible says that he went around doing good and healing all those who are oppressed to the devil. Right? First John, it says the reason the Son of God was made manifest was to destroy the works of the devil. Right? It doesn't say it was just to evangelize and do missions work. When Jesus would heal people, he didn't make it a prerequisite that they believe in him in order for them to be healed. Many times he will simply manifest the goodness of God and destroy the works of the devil. And people will give glory to God in that way. 
whether they came to Christ or not. Some of these same people that received the miracles in Jerusalem, they later on said, crucify, crucify. They're the ones who actually crucified Jesus a few days later. The ones that were saying, Hosanna, as Jesus entered the city, they're the same crowd that remained silent or were saying, crucify, crucify, when Pontius brought Jesus before the crowd. Jesus did good as well as preached the truth. And preach the good news of Jesus. Uh, well, yeah, Jesus point, preach the good news of Jesus Christ. <laughs> of himself. All right. And so uh, I believe that today we're living in an age where there's a restoration to the church's ability to both evangelize and do missions work and bring in the lost, as well as confronting the injustices that we see on the earth. Because the mandate that God gave to Adam and Eve when he created them in the Garden of Eden was... To take dominion over the earth. Subdue it. Work it. Take dominion over the earth. And today man has indeed taken dominion over the earth. But in all the wrong ways. Because Satan, the prince of the power of the air. He's influencing people because he knows that man has the mandate to subdue and and take dominion over the earth. He influences and possesses human beings. To expand his kingdom of darkness on the earth. Through people that are vulnerable. Through people that are possessed. That are demonized. And we as God's people. We are not called to abandon the earth. And pray for Jesus to return quickly. So that we can escape all the injustice in the earth. No we are called to confront the injustices on the earth. Amen. Amen. So let's back this up with some scripture. All right. Look at Deuteronomy 16, 19 to 20. Reading from the ESV, it says, You shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality, and you shall not accept a bribe. For a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and subverts the cause of the righteous. Let me take a pause right here. And I want to speak to all the business and marketplace people in the room. I want to speak to all the business and marketplace people in the room or people who have ambitions in business and marketplace. The word of God says here, do not show partiality. Partiality in the dictionary simply means an unfair bias in favor of one thing or person compared with another. An unfair bias. An unjustified bias. That's what partiality is. And for all the business people in here, You need to walk with God in such a way, walk in integrity in such a way that you never show partiality in any of your business dealings. You never show partiality when you work with the government. Steward your positions of influence with righteousness. And the word of God also says here, you should not pervert justice, don't show partiality, and you shall not accept a bribe. This is word is going out to the nation of Korea, to all the businessmen in the city of Seoul, as well as all the sons and daughters of this house. The word of God makes it clear, you shall not accept a bribe. But within the church, there's too many people taking bribes. Within Christian business circles, there are too many people taking bribes. Justice is perverted in the government realm. Justice has been perverted in the business realm. We know it goes on in America because it shows up in the media. But you, we, we deceive ourselves and think it doesn't happen in Korea. 
But I know too many personal stories of godly Christian men that are accepting bribes and thinking that it's a normal part of business culture. They are letting others define what normal business culture is. When they ought to stand up against it and set a new standard of righteousness in the business realm. One thing that you would hear from the Chinese government right now is the Chinese understand that economy cannot grow in a healthy manner, in a sustainable manner, unless you stamp out corruption. The Chinese government knows this very clearly right now because China is the, is the epitome of business with corruption and bribes. And the Chinese economy is suffering. We all got a hit from this uh, with the U.S. economy as well. Uh, I went to business school. When I was a student, Enron used to come and recruit at NYU's uh, job fairs. And I remember I would walk by Enron and I'd be like, what is this company about? They'd be like, come over here. We'll give you a free trip to Houston, Texas. What's your company about? We trade energy. I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> All right, later on, I found out trading energy is one of the largest industries in the world. Um, and they're like, yeah, you know, it's all right. You know, we make money this way, this way, that way, this way. And I was like, what? How do you make money again? I was like, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm going to go over here to, uh, to Microsoft. <laughs> the devil is everywhere. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, a bunch of my trips, a bunch of my friends made a trip out to Houston with Enron. Full expense paid. Some of them even went to London. For second rounds. Okay. All before we graduated, Enron was no more. Okay. Because you guys know that all the corruption that was going on with Enron really took a huge hit on the U.S. economy. Uh, recently, with all of the uh, prime, uh, subprime mortgages and all these banks full of corruption and bribery, all the investment banks full of corruption and bribery, you guys know about what happened in 2008. Uh, with the U.S. economy taking a big crash. The economy cannot be sustained without its foundations being on righteousness and justice, fairness, making good judgments. And what we as Christian businessmen need to do, well, I'm not a Christian businessman, but y'all as Christian businessmen need to do in here, never take a bribe. What does a bribe do? The Word of God says right here, a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise. Even a wise person, the moment they take a bribe, what looks like a harmless little gift, it's going to blind their eyes to wisdom. It's going to blind their eyes to fairness. And it says it subverts the cause of the righteous. It subverts the cause of the righteous. You taking a bribe will subvert, will divert, will delay the cause of New Philadelphia Church. If you're a son of this house, and you go on to make millions, and you start taking bribes, you taking a bribe will begin to subvert the cause of this house. So let me tell you right now, all the business people, this is just a separate word for the business people. Never take a bribe. Never accept a bribe, no matter how small it is. The Bible says in Exodus 23.8, do not accept a bribe. Oh, I already, I already read that. That's similar. Okay. 
Uh, it says in Proverbs 17, 3, 23. Proverbs 17, 23 says, A wicked man accepts a bribe in secret to pervert the course of justice. When people accept bribes on the earth, they are perpetuating human trafficking. When you as a business leader, you take bribes out on Wall Street, you are perpetuating the modern slavery movement. When you accept the bribe, the wicked, they, how was it earth? The wicked man accepts a bribe in secret to pervert the course of justice. So let me just tell you right now, everyone in here, whether you work at a hagwan or you have your own business, never accept a bribe. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, never accept a bribe. It will blind your eyes to wisdom. All right. Now, let's go into the message. All right. Let's go into the message. Hey, give me a timer up there. John, give me a timer. Uh, Let's go to uh, the rest of that verse. Verse 20. Justice and only justice you shall follow, that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Justice. And only justice you shall follow, that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Um, Justice is the quality of being fair and reasonable. It is also the administration of the law, the rule of law, and the authority that maintains the rule of law. That's what justice means. It means fairness. It means a reasonable, the quality of being reasonable and fair but also the administration of the law. When a government does not execute their laws in a righteous way, that is injustice. If you read North Korea's constitution, it may sound very just. It may sound very righteous. But there is, make no mistake about it, there is not an ounce of justice in the North Korean government. It's full of corruption. It's full of oppression. They do not execute the laws of that land. You know, um, and I was in Kazakhstan one time. Kazakhstan has a constitutional law that guarantees freedom of religion. And Kazakhstan is not as bad as Uzbekistan or Tajikistan. If you go to some of these other stand countries, it's very severe. But in Kazakhstan, they, they guarantee freedom of religion. And then you try to practice freedom of religion and then they arrest you. One time, I was playing soccer with all the neighborhood kids on a campus crusade trip. Never do this. If you're on a campus crusade trip, don't do this. You submit to the leaders. All right? This is a time where I kind of went my own way. Okay? But, you know, I was so zealous. I was so fired up. I was, my brother Michael had anointed me. I was just filled with the Spirit of God in the summer. And uh, I was playing with the soccer kids. And uh, one time, I gathered the soccer kids. I had my friend Ilya translate for me. And I just started open-air preaching to the children. We had given them tracts. that They had read all these tracts in advance. Their hearts were ready. I preached the gospel. And there were like about 30 kids that gathered around me. They were listening, hanging by my every word. 
And at the end, I, I say, if you want to receive Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Every person that wants to receive Jesus, grab hold of my arm. And like 25 kids grab hold of my arm. I said, get off my arms. I said, I don't think you understand what I just said. I said, if you are a Muslim, your parents are Muslim, if you make this choice, it's going to get very hard for you. You are abandoning your Islam religion and you're pledging allegiance to Jesus alone as your God. Now, let me say it again. Whoever wants to receive Jesus, grab my arms. And out of that crowd of the 25 kids that grabbed my arm, about 20 still held on. And I said, do you understand what you're about to do? And they all nodded their heads. Da, da. And I said, all right, let's go. And I led them in a prayer to receive Jesus. And I, and I opened my eyes and they're all smiles and they just started giving me hugs. You know, the spirit of God came inside of them. All of a sudden, they're all affectionate. You know, before they were like, mm, and all this like, kind of, you know, and now they were just hugging me. I was hugging them. And then a policewoman was right there. She saw the whole thing. Said, young man, you come with me. I got arrested. You know, the Kazakhstan may have a law that says it guarantees freedom of religion, but it, it is not executed. It's not administered. Justice involves having both the law and the administration of that law. Justice. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 28, the Lord loves justice. Amen? Amen. The Lord loves justice. He loves mercy, but that doesn't change the fact he still loves justice. Uh, In Psalm 68, verse 5, it says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. Why is it that in the scriptures, the fatherless, the orphans, the oppressed, and the widows are always listed as those who God defends? To those who God calls upon his people to make sure that they get justice. Why is it that the fatherless, the widows, and the oppressed, the sojourners, the immigrants, why are they always singled out? Well, it's it's because if you really study the lives of people that have been widowed or orphaned or are, are immigrants, you will find out that they're the most vulnerable people on the earth. And what does Satan do when he sees vulnerable people? He exploits them. He oppresses them. You might be, be like, well, why does he pick on somebody his own size? Because Satan is a liar. Because Satan is a punk. And he always goes after the weak ones. He always goes after the little sheep that's, you know, got a broken foot. Or it has a tendency to wander. You know, the little cute one. You know, Satan goes after. Think about it. Widows, why are they defenseless? Because in a very patriarchal, filled societies of the world, when your husband dies, your husband is your source of income. When your husband dies and nobody else wants to marry you, you are in trouble. Who's going to take care of you? The widow is very vulnerable. Vulnerable. 
All throughout history, widows have been vulnerable. The orphans, the, the fatherless, why are they vulnerable? Well, when you are a little child, God has designed it that when you are birthed into the earth, you are supposed to be birthed into a family. A family that provides you with love, safety, protection. But when a child is abandoned, rejected, and orphaned, those things are no longer there. No love, no protection, no safety. And Satan targets such children. We heard from Pastor James this past weekend about the injustices that are going on in China. Just like Slumdog Millionaire, he showed a picture of a girl whose, whose legs were wrapped around her neck. It didn't even look like a person. And she's holding up a, she's holding up a bucket to beg with. And her legs are wrapped around her neck. It doesn't even look like a person. And the reason why she looked like that was because the gangsters broke her legs and wrapped it around her neck so that more people would have uh, compassion on her. Now, I've been to China myself. There are a lot of street beggars. One, one, in Shimyang and in Beijing, when I went, I, we have, our team, we had, we had times where these children will grab onto our legs and not let go. They will even get violent sometimes. One summer we went in Beijing, one of these children, they would not let go of my book bag. And I, and I was like, all right, all right, let go, let go, let go. No, no, let go, let go, get off. Get off. And I started using a little bit of force, and they started gripping tighter. And they started ganging up on me. So, so our uh, staff that was in China that was guiding us, he got in. And he's actually, he has a master's degree in Taekwondo. In Korea, you can get a master's degree in Taekwondo. You know? And he, and he started saying stuff in Chinese and trying to pry their hands open. And the little boy spat on him. And we had to hold back the, we had to hold back our staff. I need to, I need to, we start holding him back. He got, he got so angry. Why would, well, I mean, you know, wouldn't you? You got spat on by, you know, a beggar child. But what I didn't understand back then is that a lot of these children are being exploited. They're not there by their choice. They're probably orphaned children that are vulnerable that gangsters took and kidnapped and beat into submission and forcing them to beg on the streets. Of course they're going to beg with violence because if they don't, they're going to get home and get beaten again. Widows, orphans, and the sojourners, the immigrants. And you guys should have a first-hand experience of this living in Korea. Many of you, how many of you in here, you did not grow up in Korea? You don't have Korean citizenship. Okay? This is three-fourths of the room. And how many of y'all can testify about hagwons that promised one thing and then they gave you another? They showed you the picture of your housing and then you went to your real housing. They promised you severance pay and you don't get it for a year and a half later after bickering and going through the legal system. They promised you an airplane ticket home, but when you decide to stay in New Philly, they say you can't stay in, New, you can't stay in Korea. We don't give you a ticket if you stay in Korea. I think that's actually legit. But it's, it feels like an injustice. Let's give us a ticket. Come on. What's the big deal? Well, you know, let's go home. Visit home. Um, 
the widows, the orphans, and the and the alien, the immigrants. Bible constantly talks about them being the most vulnerable on the earth. And if you, uh, when you're watching the fairies tonight, what you will find out, the vast majority of the women and the boys and the little children, little girls that are trafficked into the sex industry, the vast majority of them are widows, orphans, or aliens. They're vulnerable. You know, besides the ones that get kidnapped, your family provides a protection so that you don't get human traffic. Do you know that? You know, all of you in here, if you didn't have your families, all of you will be vulnerable to human trafficking. Because gangsters today, they're even taking people who are in families. But they don't do that as much because it takes more trouble. But when they can get a kid from Gigi's orphanage or something... They know no one's going to come looking after that kid. No one's going to come searching for that kid. Your family provides protection. That's why divorce is so wicked. Because divorce divides up and breaks up the family. It breaks up the love, safety, and protection God wants you to grow up with. Divorce is a satanic agenda. It is not a personal preference. It is not an interpersonal conflict problem. It is a demonic agenda that he drives home. And he tries to separate and break up families. Adultery and divorce. It says in Deuteronomy 24, a few, few chapters later, verse 17. I'm going to read from the NIV. It says, Do not deprive the alien or the fatherless of justice, or take the cloak of the widow as a pledge. Remember, You were once slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. That is why I command you to do this. Did you know that God has commanded us to confront the injustices that aliens and fatherless and widows face today? That is not a liberal political party agenda. It is the kingdom agenda. It is the word of God for each and every one of you. For just as Israel was redeemed out of Egypt, Jesus has redeemed you out of sin and death. And because of that redemption, the Bible says, this is why I command you to do this. Defend their case. Confront the injustices that they face. Do not deprive the alien, the fatherless, or the widow of justice. You know, there's some orphan children that have to defend themselves. And some of them make it. Some of them make it in life. But man, I'll tell you, when you ever meet a person like that, there are a lot of walls up. There's a lot of walls up. Why? Because they have to make it on their own. They have to provide a safety that God never intended for them to make for themselves. There's a lot of walls up. And if, if that's you in here, I want to commend you. I commend you. For fighting through, overcoming the odds, overcoming the cultural barriers. If you, if you are an orphan in here and you made it, I commend you. And now I also invite you into intimacy. I invite you into deeper relationships of love and trust. Because although Satan attacked you and worked to take, take that away from you, 
I'm telling you right now, you don't have to keep providing it for yourself. God wants to provide that for you. Only you got to learn how to open up, let them let down the walls and trust him again. Justice is a command, a mandate that the God has put upon his people today because of the very fact that we ourselves were redeemed out of slavery. Uh, Psalm verse 10, Psalm chapter 10, verse 17 says, O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. The first scene tonight of Nefarious, when you watch the documentary, is a, is a scene in which Satan can even use to strike terror in your heart. The way that human trafficking works is they use drugs, they kidnap people, they beat people, they beat, I mean, they don't, they don't go after like, good, like big muscular girls, like the girl that won the Olympic thing for lift, weightlifting. They don't go after girls like that. They, have, go, they go after little skinny, little, little vulnerable looking girls. Girls that look lost. Girls that, that might be an orphan. They go after them. And then they use violence. They threaten them. They lie to them. They steal away their passport. They offer them one job. And then rape them and drug them up to go into the prostitution industry. And what you will find is that man who is of the earth is striking terror in the hearts of so many on the earth right now. And it says here in Psalm chapter 10, the Lord will hear the desire of the afflicted. The Lord will strengthen their heart. The Lord will incline his ear to do justice to the fatherless and to the oppressed so that the man of the earth may strike terror no more. May the gangsters in Cambodia strike terror no more into the hearts of the children. May these pimps in China and in Thailand strike terror no more. As God's people rise up with God's causes on their hearts. Brothers and sisters, God calls us to confront injustice. The Bible says in um, Psalm 89, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. You know, all of us, we sing in here, we lift our hands. And if you're in that place where you have made Jesus the Lord over all, he is the Lord over your life. That means that King Jesus has a seat on the throne of your heart. That means the throne, the throne of God doesn't exist somewhere in Jerusalem. It doesn't exist somewhere in Pyongyang. There's no physical location where the throne of God exists. It exists in your heart. Because the Holy Spirit is in you. Jesus is living in you. Jesus is on the throne of your heart. And guess what the foundation of that throne is? Justice and righteousness. Meaning that by definition of being a Christian that is living for Jesus... It's already inside of you. You just don't know it. It's because you don't know who you are. You think you can't do anything about it. So you do nothing about it.
A beggar of a small village, when the beggar goes around seeing abuses and violence, kidnappings, that beggar is going to feel hopeless. That beggar is going to be like, man, I can't do anything about this. Let me just try to numb myself to it so it doesn't bother me every day. But if a prince or a princess, a king or a queen with authority, with power, with wisdom, goes around walking the streets of his or her village and sees injustice, what is that prince or princess going to do? Oh, Kichane. Oh, let me just leave it alone. Oh, there's so much trouble. So inconvenient. No. If you are a wise and righteous king, if you are a wise and righteous prince, you go in and you confront those injustices. Why? Because you can do something about it. I'm here to tell you, you can do something about it. The devil's lying to you and saying, you are nobody. You can't do nothing about everything you see around you. It will never change. You know, when David confronted Goliath, David was a young little boy. The Bible says that as he approached Goliath, he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and Goliath despised him. And he said to David, Am I a dog that you come with me, come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. You look upon all these injustices, and they look like a Goliath to you, don't it? And you go up to the red light districts, and if you do these prayer walks with Unearth, or you do prayer walks with New Philly, and you're praying that these brothels will shut down, you're praying these women will be released, you're praying that laws will be changed, police will actually administer the law. You start praying all these things, and what does it look like? It looks like all those pimps and gangsters are like Goliath. They're like, ha, 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 ha. Am I a dog? You come at me with sticks? What, you think you could tear down these things that I've set up with sticks? And he begins to curse you and make you feel small and make you feel like nobody. And you know what we do in response? We cower down. And we walk away. And we say, maybe this is not our battle. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Maybe it isn't your battle. If you're, if you're not a strong Christian, you're not in submission, you're not surrendered to Jesus, you're not living by the word of God, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, please do me a favor and stay out of these causes. You need to first get with Jesus. Because if you try to ta- tackle on all these things without really knowing Jesus, you will get jacked up. The Goliath and David story will turn around quickly where Goliath beats on David and David's a bloody pulp. That's going to be your story. Here's the thing with David. David was not just a little boy with a lot of zeal. David was a shepherd tending his father's sheep. And during that time on the hillside, he, he nurtured intimacy with God. He had a history of God, a history of intimacy. That's why we encourage you to have quiet times. Because it is in those quiet times that you encounter the Lord. You don't wait till Sunday. You have it every day. And in those times on the hillside, a lion and a bear came. And David rose up 
And by the way, David was anointed. He was anointed by the prophet Samuel. And so the Holy Spirit was upon David. And David knew that. He recognized that. He started to get familiar with the anointing. So when the lion and the bear came, David rose up. And with his bare hands, he killed a lion and a bear. Now, right now, there's a lot of news reports in America about grizzly bears attacking humans. And these bears are fast. <laughs> like, they'll be over there on the soundboard, and you turn around to look at them, and they're in your face already. Don't try to outrun a bear. Uh, there's, it's a real sad story. There's a couple that was hiking in Yellowstone Park, or something, one of those big parks. Grizzly bear attacked them. Husband died. The wife survived. And I'm sure the husband was trying to defend the life of the wife. But the way the wife survived, she said, was she played dead. Don't try to outrun a grizzly bear. But, but David, you see, he had the spirit of the Lord on him. He just grabbed that bear and came against it and killed it. And had, had some bear soup or something. I don't know. He killed the lion and the bear. And so by the time he gets to Goliath, what I'm telling you right now is by the time he gets to Goliath, he has a history with God. He's familiar with the anointing. So many people in the church today, they don't have a rich history with God. They don't have that intimacy with God. That, therefore, their boldness, if they ever, ever demonstrate boldness, doesn't have substance. That's why if they claim to have power, there's actually no power there. They're not even living by the word of God. They're living independently. They're not in covenant relationship with God's house. They're not in covenant relationship with God's people. So yeah, David goes up. The Philistine, the Goliath, curses him. You bleeping blaper, little bleeping blaper. You know? And David, here's how he responded. He said, come here. And I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And you got to imagine how Goliath probably responded to this. Goliath is like, ha, 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 this little kid's got a sense of humor. <laughs> Kill you, little boy. Come here. And before Goliath can even speak, David interrupted him and said, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Can you feel the sense of justice that David has in his heart? It was a sense of justice for the oppression that the Israelites were feeling from the Philistines. But not only that, just simply that the Philistine army had defied the armies of God. That they were profaning the name of God. There was a justice that was stirred up in David. And he said, this day the Lord will hand you over to me. And I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air. Something about David. He really likes the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth coming and eating people. Uh, And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword and spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. This is the dialogue God wants to put in our mouths as we develop a history with them and get familiar with the anointing. God is saying there is no battle that you cannot be victorious in. He is putting this dialogue into the mouths of his people. You come against me with all your guns, with all your drugs, with all your systems 
of human trafficking and kidnapping with all your little gangsters and bouncers. You come against me with all that. But I come against you in the name of the Lord. For the battle is not won with guns and sticks and javelins and spears. The battle is the Lord's. And David went out. And before, once again, before Goliath can respond, because there's no record of Goliath saying anything back. The Bible says David ran to Goliath. It's not like David's like, I hope this works. Hope I got my, you David was, he was, after he said this, he started running, taking out the stone, putting it up in the slingshot, and Goliath is like, look at this, bro. And he dropped down on the ground and David cut off his head. Cut off the authority that Satan had established there. And that's what we as God's people, that God's calling us to do. is to confront the injustices in the world. And we're not going to just do it by, um, here's the thing. Um, once again, make sure you have a history with the Lord. You're familiar with the anointing and you're mature. Because Jesus said, I send you out as sheep among wolves. Be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. All right. Uh, I heard that at the Not For Sale conference, which is a human trafficking uh, awareness conference hosted by David Bastone. I heard that they did all these seminars, but some people were disappointed because there was no action points. And the reason why Not For Sale doesn't give you action points is because they don't want people going in and doing stupid things. They don't want people going into the red light district and be like, I come against you in the name of the Lord. The man, you know, something like that, you know. I come against you in the name of the Lord. And, you know, Korean American disappears in Yongdeungpo. <laughs> they don't want you going out and doing stupid things. Messing up the ministries that other people have established over the past years. All right. Here's the thing. Just as slavery has become systematic, so our confrontation must be systematic. That's a, wisdom, that's a word from the Lord. That's a revelation from the Lord right now. Our approach in confronting injustice has got to be systematic. Which means that we've got to attack it from the government mountain. We need people in government to stop accepting bribes, to do righteousness, to do justice, to get in a pattern of that. So it's not like a moment thing. It is a nature thing. It becomes who you are. So that, you know what I mean? And we need people to approach it from the business realm. We need people to approach it from the education realm. In a lot of these smaller uh, Asian countries like Cambodia, the reason why a lot of these children are sold by their own parents into sexual slavery. They're sold at six. 12 years old into sexual slavery. Why does that happen? Because these children have no places to go to school. And we've got to systematically reform the education in these areas. We've got to bring justice. Confronting injustice also involves establishing justice. If all we do is take away these other systems... That's not, that's going to just continue. That's just going to leave an open door for someone else to come in and take, the, take over the work. The foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice. So if Jesus is the Lord of your life, what I'm telling you right now is justice is already in your heart. 
This is not a new agenda. It's not a new cause. It's something that God has already put in your heart because His throne has been established in your heart. I'm going to close with this. There's a popular show on TV right now called WWYD. What would you do? Uh, it's a TV show, reality TV show that's hosted by John Quinones. And in the show, they use hidden cameras to capture how ordinary people respond and react when they're thrust into ethical or moral dilemmas that call out for action. So Aaron and I, we love watching this show because it's just so fascinating how people respond in real life. All the situations are actually fictional. They're set up by actors and actresses, right? But the people that respond are real. You know, these responses are real. And so there was this one scenario that really, really, really irked me. And it was a scenario in which uh, two actors uh, went into a bar and they were supposed to be on their first date. So they, they, you know, they made sure that they were dialoguing in such a way that people overheard them that they were on their first date. And then the girl excuses herself to go to the bathroom and the actor slips a drug into the drink. And it's so clear he did it, right? And there are people that are nearby captured on camera. They see it. And they do nothing about it. Girl comes back. She takes her drink. Says, oh, I'm starting to feel lightheaded. And the people are just looking and watching. Now, there are some people that try to speak up, but they didn't do enough. They were just like, are you okay? You want me to give you an Advil? What kind of crap is that? (laughs) You saw the drink getting drugged. Get her out of there. They're, they're not good friends. It's a first date. She's vulnerable. Come to her aid. Confront this injustice. You know what really infuriated me? Uh, occasionally, they blur out the faces of people that appear on the show. Because there are some people that actually advocate the wickedness. So there are two men on that particular scenario. And when the girl came back, they were like, yeah. They were like, that's what I'll do. I'll do that. Man, she look good. Yeah, man. Do what you got to do. And then when John Quinones tried to interview them, they were like, man, get away from us. Get away from us. We, you know, whatever. You know, F you, bleep, bleep, bleep us, you know. They blurred out their face. And they should be blurred because they should be ashamed of themselves. You know, most people... I would say all people on the earth, they know the difference between right and wrong. Because God has given everybody a conscience. Conscience. With knowledge. It means with knowledge. So whenever you do something wrong, you do it with knowledge. Because God has put a conscience inside of you. So you don't have to get informed or educated about what's wrong or right. You already know it. It's already inside. Everybody knows the difference between right and wrong. But as the show exposes, when a person is faced with an injustice... Not everyone does something about it. I really liked the recent episode that we saw on TV. And they, um, they went to Texas. The Bible Belt, Texas. You know, where the world's, uh, where America's largest church is. You know, Lakewood. You know, Joel Houston, Joel Osteen. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, churches actually. Mega churches down there in Texas. And they went to uh, some small towns in Texas, and they set up these scenarios. And there was a one scenario in which a teenage couple were acting like they just got pregnant. 
And then the girl says, I'm pregnant. And then the guy says, all right, well, you know what you got to do. And the girl starts crying and says, no, I want to keep this baby. And says, no, this is not your decision. This is our decision. We're going to kill the, we're going to, you got to abort the baby. We, uh, we're getting rid of the baby. And the girl starts to cry, right? And the Texans that were hanging around in that, in that area, they did it about 10 or 15 times. And they said 100% of the time, people intervened and prayed for the couple. So John Quinones was joking and saying, they really li- do live up to their name. They're, they are the Bible belt. You know? It was, it was beautiful. The actress would start crying because she was so touched by the intervention of strangers. You know, I mean, that's a vulnerable situation there. When a teenager gets pregnant, that's a vulnerable situation. And all, 100% of the people also advised them to keep the baby. It's like, this is how Chris Valentin said it. He said, royal people have a powerful sense of justice in the depths of their souls that drives them to act when they see something wrong. Royal people have a powerful sense of justice deep in their souls that it drives them to action when they see something wrong. I'm telling you today, each and every one of you you have a powerful sense of justice inside because you are a holy nation and a royal priesthood. You are princes and princes of the king of kings. And when you see injustice, here's news to you. You can do something about it. You know, I want us here at New Philly, and I want the wider body of Christ, I want to see the church Not just going to church, but being the church. Us living our lives as if we are on the show, what would you do? What if you knew you were on the show? You probably do something heroic so you can look good. Most people, they'll be like caught in the scenarios and they'll be like, I just feel like I'm on that show. What would you do? And then John Quinones comes out, you're on the show, what would you do? And they're like, I knew it, I knew it, I watch your show all the time, I can't believe it. Um, exactly how they reacted. Um, I want us to live like we're on the show. What would you do? We live our lives in such a way that we will never be ashamed of our responses to injustice. That we would always act when we see injustice. Even if it means entering into a confrontation. You know, a lot of the times in the TV show, a lot of the times where it's very difficult for anybody to, to intervene, where just like one out of 30 people intervene, is those situations where they set it up where you have to confront the person to do something about it. But here's the thing. Your sense of justice is stronger than your fear of confrontation. That you can get there with wisdom and shrewdness and intervene to protect those who are vulnerable, to bring justice, to confront injustice wherever it's found. I'm telling you right now, in fact, in heaven, heaven is watching your life like we watch this TV show. Heaven is up there and they're watching to see what will God's people do about injustice. 
New Philly. Not only do they have the gospel, but they have the baptism of the spirit. They also have the baptism of fire. They're also moving in a prophetic culture. They're moving in a culture of honor. There is covenant relationships in the house. There is leadership structure that's established. They're going on mission trips and seeing signs, wonders, miracles, and healings. Now, what are they going to do about the injustice they see? I'm telling you right now, heaven is watching earth like a TV show. And just as we get appalled sometimes by what we see on the TV show, heaven gets appalled. David, oh, what are you doing? (laughs) Didn't you see what just happened back there? Didn't you see what happened? You know, on Friday night, I was going home after the praise night. And I was driving home. And as we were passing Gongdo Oguri, which is right, right near where we live, as I'm passing this huge intersection, I see a girl faint backward. She just faints. And so I pull over. And then, you know, Aaron and Paul and Jamie and Judy were like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, like, all right, let me, I just want to go see. Uh, I saw a girl faint back there. I just want to see that she's okay. So I went over to her. And uh, when I got to her, she was up on her feet with another dude. And the dude was hailing a cab and then trying to force her to get into the cab. But she would start resisting and then the guy's like, Opa, honcha ganda? And then he closed the door and he left. <laughs> and then I thought maybe they were friends. I thought they were cousins or friends. But the bystander says, oh no, she doesn't know him. That guy just came out of nowhere. So obviously that guy was trying to take uh, advantage of her. But, you know, just when I got there, that was all taking place. And I was watching. And by God's grace, you know, she was able to resist so that, you know, he just kind of lost interest and left. Well, after he leaves, she sort of just, she faints again. And she faints, like, boom, she just knocks out. It's not like, like, like being drunk. She just, she lost consciousness. And so myself and another bystander, we kind of go up, go up to her. And I'm like thinking, you know, come on, help me out, dude. You grab her arm, I grab the other arm, and we'll lift her up. And the guy's like, like holding her hand like this. I'm like, man, get out of here, punk. <laughs> so I picked her up, and I, I placed her on, on, the, on the sidewalk, on the ledge where she can sit. And she was just knocked out cold. And so the other guy calls the police. Police guy comes, says, are you all right? Are you okay? And the, the girl's just knocked out, man. And I'm trying to discern what's going on. Is she drunk? What's going on, right? Just watching, trying to help out. And so the policeman's like, get up, get up, slapping her on the face. Get up, get up. You know? And so the girl kind of all of a sudden wakes up and says, oh, 죄송합니다. 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 다 왔습니다. 다 왔습니다. 저다 어디 다 왔어? She's like, 안산. It's like, 이거 안산 아닙니다. 이 공덕이에요, 공덕. 이, 진짜. And then, um, and so, we carry her into the police station, right? And once we were in the police station, we try to give her a cup of water. She's like, drinking the cup of water. And all of a sudden, she just faints, right? So now, I, I'm familiar with this. Uh, when a person is demonized, oftentimes the demons can take possession of a person's uh, consciousness. And they can knock them out real quick. Uh, so I've seen this over and over again. I just wanted to see it enough to make sure that it was spiritual. So I just start praying over her, right? And she wakes back up, right? And then, you know, I'm trying to talk to her, and then, boom, she knocks out again, right? 
policeman's like doesn't know what to do. He's like trying to talk to her and get a phone number, or anything, and she's not cooperating. And so I just start to like whisper words of life, right? And just saying, you know, I don't know what you're going through. It looks like you're hurt. I'm mixing it out in Korean. You know, 하나님이 무지무지 사랑합니다. 당, 하나님이 당신을 너무 사랑합니다. 받아주세요. 사랑합니다. 사랑합니다. And, and she just starts going, 나 죽고 싶다고! 죽고 싶어! She just starts repeating, 죽고 싶어, 죽고 싶어. What is life? What's the use? I want to die. I want to die. And you know, these evil spirits are like manifesting through her emotions. And I start speaking life, and I'm canceling that lie. Speaking life, and I try to share the gospel with her. And she says, I went to church in my neediest hour, and nobody did anything about it. I've given up on church. I've given up on God. There is no God. It's like, no, no, God is real. God, God, God has a purpose for your life. He's speaking life over you right now. Don't give up on life. You know, and I'm mixing it up with English, and she just starts saying, it's the demons, by the way. Say, no English, English, mola, na, English, molandago, no English, do you understand? All the stuff. And I was like, Satan, man, I hate you. And, uh, anyway, make a long story short, I was there maybe about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and, um, Aaron called, and so I asked everybody in the car, pray for her. This girl's demonized. And, um, it's real funny. The moment they pray for her, right, 30 seconds later, she sobers up all of a sudden. And she starts saying like, oh, 저, 진짜 괜찮습니다, 괜찮습니다. She starts doing her hair and like grabbing her phone. She's like, you know, let me go so I can catch the metro home, you know. And we're like, you, do you know what time it is, girl? You know, all this stuff. And the policemen are like yelling at her now, you know. <laughs> and she's totally sobered up, you know. But by this time, you know, Satan got in one of the... Uh, it felt, it felt like Satan got into one of the other policemen. I was like, who are you? Get out of here. You, know, you don't need to be here, right? Who are you? Do you know her? I was like, no, I'm just a moksanim, you know? I'm just a moksa, you know? And, they, and they're like, let me, let me see a business card. Let me, let me get your phone number, all this stuff. So I had to give him my business card. And uh, the guy's like, oh, okay, all right. Okay, mokejangidawyo? Okay. So I had to kind of leave, you know? Um, but I just felt like... She was a picture of what many young Koreans are going through today. There are a lot of girls, a lot of boys. They just kill themselves. They throw themselves into the river because the subway lines are all blocked now. So the popular thing to do now is throw yourself in the river. And unfortunately, only three-fourths of these kids ever actually die. A lot of them make it, but you know, they're horribly crippled or, or you know, they're hurt in severe ways. So many young people are hopeless in this city. And here's the thing. This is an injustice. A lot of us think we can't do anything about it. But that's a lie. We can confront that injustice. Remember last week I talked about the ground level of spiritual warfare, the occult level, and then the strategic level. When we're going after Japan, when we're going after Tokyo, when we're going after nations, when we're going after human trafficking, that's strategic level. You better be an upper level active leader in our church to really be engaged in that stuff long term. Because you need wisdom, maturity, shrewdness to be able to really effectively be at, at that type of work. But all of us can be involved in the ground level work. All of us can stop 
and try to help somebody. Try to reach out. Try to confront that injustice. Because what did I find out? What looked like a drunk girl that was suicidal was actually demon-oppressed. And who are the only people on the earth that can heal somebody who's demon-oppressed? It's the people of God. How God, how Jesus went around, Acts 10.38, how, how Jesus went around doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. And he said to us, you will do the same works that I've done. Brothers and sisters, let us confront injustice in our generation. Silence is not an option. The throne of God. The foundations are justice and righteousness. Make sure you identify with who you really are in Christ. Because you can do something about the injustices you see. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God, that you yourself, you are the defender of the widow. You maintain the right of those who are afflicted. You give justice to the weak and the oppressed. And Father, we as your people on this earth, we don't want to ever show up to heaven wanting our faces blurred from what heaven saw during our lifetime. But I pray, God, in this room, stir up a fire this weekend, God, for justice. A courage to confront injustice. Father, stir it up. Stir up your fire in our hearts. That we may maintain and give justice to the widow, to the orphan, to the alien, to those who are vulnerable. And Father, we even long for the day where North Korea, a nation under oppression will be set free through the prayers and missions work of the saints. It is a demonic, systematic oppression happening in that land. And Father, Lord, we refuse to let it continue on our watch. Let our generation not be described like the European generation that did nothing about the Holocaust of the Jews. May we be those who are found crying out for justice day and night until we see North Korea free. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord. And for all the justice that you call us into, we thank you, God, that we can pursue justice because justice was served on behalf of our own sins and wickedness through the cross of your Son, Jesus Christ. We don't have to shy away from pursuing justice because we've received mercy. No, justice was not averted. Justice was not ignored. Justice was paid for through the suffering of your son. And as recipients of that grace and mercy, Lord, we thank you that we can confidently pursue justice. Because Jesus has taken justice on our behalf for our sins.